Welcome to the Franchise Hounds podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining me today is Nick Anthony Zamison, the founder and CEO of Best Option Restoration. Prior to founding Best Option Restoration, Nick was the founder of another successful franchise brand called Bio One. Nick was awarded Top 40 CEOs Under 40 from Business Diversity Magazine in 2013. He is also a three-time published author, business strategist, and an award-winning serial entrepreneur that has had tremendous success in various business ventures. Best Option Restoration is a trusted national leader in the disaster restoration industry. They offer water, mold, and sewage remediation, as well as fire damage and storm damage restoration, including contents cleaning. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion with Nick Anthony Zamusen from Best Option Restoration. Nick, welcome to Franchise Hounds. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, last time we saw each other, we were having a really nice steak dinner with you know cocktails and what, what are we what are we thinking? We we should be having this conversation live, you know, in, in that setting again, right? I know, I know. It's, it's I miss your beautiful face. I I only get to, I only <laughs> get to hear it. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I have to tell you that that dinner was fun. It was shorter than I wanted it to be, but uh, you know how family and kids take over. But yeah, it was good. It was a good short time. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, either way, I'm excited to have you on the show today and. Uh, and get to talk to you. So, so best option restoration or or bore as you may hear us refer to it. This isn't your first rodeo in franchising, right? Bore is actually the the second kind of franchise brand that that you founded. So, I was thinking maybe a good place to start would be just a bit about your background in franchising. Sure, sure, no problem. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people because I don't talk about it very often because it's been so long, but a lot of people don't realize that that Bore is actually my fourth franchised organization. Um, I've had, Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I just, we don't talk about it much. I have a, I had a pizzeria called Uncle Vito's pizzeria that I sold to a private equity company. I, uh, gosh, that was eight, nine years ago. Now, uh, I had a non-medical home care franchise called St. Home Care that I sold to a private equity company about six years ago. Uh, bio one, which you're referring to, I sold what, 18 months ago now to a private equity company. So yeah, best option restoration or bore as we like to call it. People always get nervous. Should we call it Boar? Yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Boar. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boar, Boar has been around now. See here, I stepped away from Bio One in 2016. I what I what I tend to do is I will I will grow a franchise concept, uh, whether it's non-medical pizzas, uh, crime scenes or or restoration. I grow a concept to about a hundred units. Well, about 50, 50 to hundred units. And I will then hire a management team and take a step back and then I'll do something else. I'm, I'm that serial entrepreneur where I get a little, I get bored quick. So I, I like the, I like the hunt. Once the machine is built for me, I like to, I like to kind of move on and build another machine. And with best option restoration, I looked at a, a multi-billion, I mean, a little 216 billion with a B. I looked at a billion dollar industry. And found a couple of niches that needed to be filled. And so that's what we did. As I created in 2016, I created a company, Best Option Restoration, that has changed and for the most part revolutionized uh, a standard man in the band with a fan industry into an actual technical industry 
that is uh, that is bar none kicking the crap out of a lot of the restoration companies. I, I'm proud to say that. That's awesome. <laughs> and I think I think the fact that that you're able to, you know, step away from these from these brands and they continue to thrive is a testament to what you're building, to the systems in place. And and the fact that you know Nick's not the secret sauce, but what you've built this machine um, is is really special. So that's that's cool. I, th- I think that says a lot about uh, you know the, the the concepts you you build. And I, I've got to ask really quick because I'm an Italian guy from New Jersey. But do you have a, did you have an Uncle Vito? Because everyone in New Jersey has an Uncle Vito. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't have an Uncle Vito. I had a lot of other names, but. Uncle Vito just sounded. It, it does. It's know? like I said. Everybody I know in Jersey has an Uncle Vito. That's that's fantastic. So so real so real quick on on, on Bio One. How many um how many locations had you you grown that to before I stepped away? Yeah, before you stepped away, or I think it was fifty five or fifty six before I yeah. stepped away with Bio One, and that's when I hired Jason O'Brien uh, to come take over the company for me and run it with Sandy Eads and and a couple other management teams. Uh, members. Uh, but I think, I believe it was between 50 and 60. I can't, the exact number I don't remember, but in 2016, I think it was 50 or 60 before I left. Cause I, I mean, I remember, you know, four, four years or so ago in the, um, you know, in the France serve portfolio, that was like definitely like the hottest brand, you know, that, that year there were, you, you guys had to maybe put together a couple big years where you were really, uh, really humming along. Yeah. I, I think when, it it was a good tra- it was a good time to make that transition when we had a really really strong year i think we signed 18 or 19 locations i that was a good time for jason to step in jason came in i think he sold like he opened like 27 his first year and then 25 is next so yeah jason jason really uh jason really grew the company um i mean to be fair as good as Jason is, he also came with a lot of momentum. You know, he kind of he kind of took over a Super Bowl winning team. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, credit to Jason where it's due. I mean, he he grew the company. He he took over his leadership and really grew it um, to what it is today. I I I don't believe he's with the company anymore, um, and he hasn't been for I think since 2020. But I mean, he 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 really grew a strong foundational company that that can thrive from this point forward. Yeah. So uh, you sold it, and then you, you didn't want to retire. <laughs> no, I, I you know I I you know I had that question after Uncle Vito's. I had that I had that question after Saint Home Care. What, why are you Why aren't you just retire and sit back on a beach? And it's usually my buddies, you know, joking with me, saying, you know, man, if we had that, if we had that kind of money, I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like the, the the wire hits your bank account, and you you just show up at four <laughs> the next day. Like, all right, guys, let's get to work. Well, I mean, the reality is, like I said, I've been I've been away from Bio One for six years before I sold it. Um, and you know, to me, it's the hunt. Like I said, I, I get bored. I mean, the only thing I don't get bored with is my wife. Everyone, everything else. You know? That's a good sign. Well, you know, I like being married. She's she's pretty sexy, so it's pretty. It works for me. Well. Uh, but you know, again, it's because I, I have. It's not clinically diagnosed, but I have what I call business ADD. I I get really hyped and amped on a on an industry or a business, and I'm and I just I eat, breathe, and just sleep a business. And right now it's just best option restoration. And I, I put my heart and soul into it. And then again, like I said, once the machine's been built, man, I just, 
not that I lose interest. It's just the the challenge is not there anymore. Of can I grow this thing? Can can I get a concept from concept to business, from business to brand? And once I've done that, or I feel I've done that successfully, you know, I, I look for something else. It's that's why lately I can tell you in the last what about a year ago, you know, I, I think I was telling you at dinner a year ago. I you know I started I started uh, and I bought into a an oil company out of San or out of uh, Austin with a small family office. And, you know, now I'm, I'm doing bore, but I just literally got off a meeting with my partners at uh, 1859 operations. I mean, we, we, we were talking about the next, the next product that we're getting into. So, you know, it, it's, I enjoy the building stage, the, the management. Here's the thing. I'm not a manager. I'm not, I'm okay. With <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not everyone's brand of God command. I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, I swear, I cuss, I you know, I flirt with the wives. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty fun at parties, <laughs> but sitting in a boardroom with with a bunch of you know private equity stiffs, and I like the guys that buy me out, but <laughs> they don't want they don't want me hanging around the office. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Well, it sounds like you're having fun and you're and you're doing what you were uh, put on this earth to do. So that's that's cool. I hope so. You, you touched on a little bit, but what was it about the restoration industry that kind of prompted you to, to say, hey, I think, I think we can do this better? Well, you know, as I looked around and because I, I stepped away from Bio One in 16, 2016, and, and as I was looking around, I was trying to find my next thing. Again, did the food thing, the restaurant thing. Um, kind of come from a restaurant family. So that, that was an easy thing for me. I, I understood restaurants. I understood how they ran. I understood the challenges. Home care, I know, from, from the restaurant, from Uncle Vito's Pizzeria, I saw, I saw the home care market and went, wow, there's, you know, 6,500, you know, uh, people turning 65 a day. I mean, it's just an exploding market. Let me see. Let me see if I can get in with get into that. And then there was, you know, obviously crime scenes. And I had done that for a while. And it just... I was, I'm always trying to find a market. So when I sat back in 16, what well, was actually 15, 2015, when I was sitting back looking at where's the industry going from here, what I really enjoyed was, ironically, we're talking about it now, but recession resistant industries. And I went, well, the biggest one I know, $216 billion a year and growing was restoration. Everyone, and I started, I started observing all the companies out there and everyone was doing Everyone was doing the same thing. Everyone was doing the whole man in a van with a fan model. They were all chasing the same dollar. Nothing separated them whatsoever. They were just a different name. I don't care if it's the big boys like ServPro or Service Master, or if it's the medium-sized guys like Restoration One or Paul Davis or PuraClean, you know, or even what I didn't want to be is a small guy competing with them on the same playing field. I knew you know, I, I learned from a, a business mentor 20 plus years ago of mine, Steve Diker is actually still a mentor of mine today. He said, don't pick a fight with, with people you can't win. And I can't beat Serve Pro. I couldn't beat Serve Pro with their own game. I couldn't beat Restoration One with their own game. Those guys are fighting with each other. So I had to come up with something that made, made us a, a strong enough differentiator to actually compete in a growing market. And so I decided as I, as I did my research, there's this new thing coming out right now called thermal technology. Now, thermal is obviously just a fancy word for heat, and no one can patent heat, but you can, you can patent the machines like we've done. So 
I decided, and, and thermal technology came from the niche market of bed bugs. They would heat up bed bugs without using chemicals. They would heat the whole house up to about 120, 130 degrees. It would take about a week. And I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we have water and we are drying things out, because 85% of what you do in restoration is water. If we have a situation where I can dominate 85% or just make a better mousetrap, I just simply borrowed the technology and decided to put it into action. So I personally went out for 18 months and ran a restoration company. I wanted to see if my if the principles that I thought would work in other industries would work in this one. So, I mean, I was out there taking phone calls, cutting out drywall, putting, you know, my buddies are laughing at me saying, "Did you what happened? Did you go bankrupt? What happened?" You know, and cuz I'm out there, I'm sending <laughs> pictures of me on a on a job scene when, you know, yeah, and I'm actually doing it. And so I figured because the best way to the best way to know is to, is to not just keep playing it in theory. Get you gotta get on the field and play. Let's see if this really works. And I was finding I was I was drying out houses and structures in half the time of my competition. I was charging the same, if not more, for for less time because the restoration industry is based on well, let's see how many pieces of equipment we can get away with and how many days we can leave it there and charge the insurance company. Well, to me, that board is on insurance fraud. And I'm not going to do that. So what we do is we put the equipment, what we need, and heat the space up. And we charge a bundle for the heaters. There's no doubt about it. And that's why our invoices aren't different. They're actually sometimes higher than the other guys. But we're in and out in two to three days instead of in and out in three to seven days. So, again, it, it's not only, it became a great marketing pitch. And it was better for the homeowner because, I mean, those fans, indeed, they can be loud. And there, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a water incident, but it's loud in the house when those things are going on. So if we can remove ourselves in literally half the time, oh sure, it, it, it just worked. And so I, I, I realized about a year into it in, in what seven, I think it was 17 at this point, I went, this can be franchised. I just, now I just have to figure out the rest. And, and that's kind of what I do is I problem solve. And then we got the franchise up and running and off it went. That's exciting. I, I could definitely see the the selling point for the customer because I, I have actually had a, a water issue once. And uh, yeah, it's it's so disruptive to the to the to the house, right? Like there's just there was just, you know, and, and you're right, it was set up like, you know, almost a week with noisy fans going and they come back and check every day and you know, oops, still wet. Right. <laughs> right. Well and that's why I told people, yeah, it's still wet because they're blowing cold air on water eventually it'll evaporate. We just, what, what Bohr does, unlike anyone else, is we contain the area and heat up just that area oh. to force evaporation. And it's not rocket science. It's, what we're doing is we're building trying chambers. It's like you're taking your clothes from the washer and you're sticking to the dryer instead of taking your clothes out of water and, and putting them on a clothesline to hang. It's, it's, too, it's just, will they dry eventually in the clothesline? Yeah, in about a week or... <laughs> have them dry in 45 minutes what do you want to do we just i've taken technology and used it to our advantage where no one else was doing it in the industry yeah that's cool and and just to like understand the industry a bit so are there are there folks who just come in and do the we just dry out the place and then we don't replace the drywall and stuff and then there's and then there's companies that come in and do it all yeah oh yeah i mean it, when you get contracted for a job you get contracted for the mitigation. The mitigation just means the dry out. I mean, 
one of the biggest comp- one of the biggest companies in the nation just as just just as the dry out Surpro. They just do the dry outs. Uh, they might they'll might have subs that come in and rebuild things, but under Surpro, they just do dry out. That's they know what they're good at. They know what their mainstay is, so they just stay there. And there are other companies like us that will we will do the dry out, but we'll also do the other half of the job. Now the franchises have the option of that. They don't have. I mean, let's say they have no skill set. They can't put drywall up. They don't do flooring. They've never painted before. They don't have to. They're they're contracts for mitigation. But most of our franchises move into the mitigation or move into the putback phase because the putback is generally 150 to 200 percent of what the mitigation was. So for simple math, because, you know, I might be good at building businesses, but I don't do books or math. So a ten thousand dollar (laughs) job, a putback is going to add 15 to 20 thousand dollars onto that job. So instead of just having a ten thousand dollar job, they're going to be walking out with twenty five to thirty thousand dollar job by doing the putback. Interesting. And then I've noticed like there's this kind of new subset to the industry and it's the content restoration piece. Yeah. There's, there's been a few kind of franchises that have popped up and they, and they kind of, that means the furniture that got wet and all that kind of stuff, right? Do they, they remove it, dry it. And- we have two fran- we have two, uh, two content divisions in our franchise, uh, one in Phoenix and one in Denver. Yeah. And what it is, it's primarily, it's less about the water and more about fires. When you have a fire and soot blows, you know, all this brown brown and black soot blows through the air and through the HVA system, HVAC system gets gets coked, just it's everywhere. And so rather than the insurance company just writing a big blanket check for two hundred thousand dollars to replace everything, they'd rather pay a hundred thousand and get it clean. So the invoices in content are huge. They just don't happen every day. If you get a content job, you might get two or three a month, but the invoices could be 70 to hundred grand. So, I mean, it's great numbers and our guys in Phoenix and, and Denver do it great. And it's a great add on or a bolt on to this traditional restoration bore as well. Cause it's just called bore, bore content. Again, one in Denver, one in Phoenix. Oh, neat. Neat. I hadn't even realized that you guys launched that. So you said you, you kind of built your, your brand for 18 months, realized it was, you know, a franchisable concept. And then, um, so when did you start franchising? In 18, 2018. And what we do, I mean, my, my, my model to franchising is take about five a year, just, just enough to, because I mean, what you want to do is you don't want to gamble. I mean, no one ever wants to gamble in franchising, but let's face it. Once we hit about a hundred units, you get it. You get a couple guys that you may take on. that You may not have taken on at the beginning. Sure. I mean, a lot of franchises do it kind of opposite of what I'm saying, where they take on everybody in the beginning and then they have a lot of failures. That's that, that's the wrong way to franchise to me. We are very, very selective for about the first 50 franchises, extremely selective. The, the foundation and the core of the house needs to be as strong as it can be. I want million-dollar players. So not only does it help with validation, but it also, you know every franchise is making money. And money, as John Madden said, is a great deodorant for everything else. It's nothing <laughs> perfect. I mean, I try to build. I try to build the best machines I can, and there's still hiccups even today. But again, if people are happy, and happy generally comes in this society by making money. Um, you know, I, I I build slow and steady for several years. Yeah, that's great. How many locations are you up to now? Then we have twenty. What twenty? Because we just signed Sarasota yesterday. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, 
we have 25, I guess 25 owners now, 37 locations. Most of our owners are multiple, multiple unit owners. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask that. And then it sounds like your growth plans are kind of to add, you know, five, five owners a year for the next the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I just had a chat with the, with the, I mean, I have a small management team. There's three of us. I just had a chat with management lot yesterday. We were saying in 2023 that we will probably take, we'll probably double the numbers and take 10 on a year. So maybe basically once a month. Yeah. Right. Because instead of once a quarter, now we're just going to go to once a month because we have the support systems. Now we have, I mean, everything there's, I guess besides my, my business model of how I do things, management was saying yesterday, there's absolutely no reason we can't do more. And, and besides, mm-hmm. Nick, you just don't want to. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and they made a point. I'm like, you're right. I just, I just always take five for about the first five to six years. And they're like, look, we're in year six. We can take 10. We can take 20. And so they're like, Nick, get out of our way. Go work on your next business side. Right? That, that, that's <laughs> because one of, one of my guys, his name's Kyle. Uh, he was actually franchise number one. Um, he's going to be coming. We, we, I've, I've kind of had a plan with him for the last several years. Of he'll be taking over. Oh, you actually met. Yeah, Kyle. I met Kyle, and yeah, yeah great yeah. guy. He's he's going to be. He, I've been mentoring him for the last couple of years. He's going to be taking over, and he was one of the ones. I mean, he's going to be taking over when I step step away and probably just go into oil and gas. Um, he he was one of the ones saying yesterday in the meeting is Nick, we can take more. Let let's take more. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided, yeah, you know what, twenty twenty three, fine. Let's let's grab ten to twelve. So we're going to double the numbers and probably stay pretty consistent ten to twelve for the next foreseeable future. That's exciting. Hopefully, I can uh, send some candidates your guys' way. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I love cashing them. <laughs> <laughs> so, can can you mention a few markets that you you know aren't in today, but that you'd really like to be in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are quite a few, man. The New Orleans market was anywhere in Louisiana would be great. Florida is a strong market. I would love to be in. I'm not. I'm not in. Like I said, we just got Sarasota, but I just started launching the Florida. I'd love to be more there. Another one, ironically, that people I just for whatever reason can't haven't found anybody I really liked yet was Houston, and that is a huge market, man. Houston is another place I'd love to be at. Um, Dallas, I mean, Dallas is so big. Dallas and the Phoenix market. I know I just, I, we just opened up West Phoenix. So, I mean, but, but Phoenix is a huge market. Dallas, I have a couple out there in Plano and Frisco, but it's such a big market. I can take 10 more out there. Um, I mean, gosh, though, I mean, I, Salt Lake City is another area that, that's really good. Um, the only, the only, I can tell in Charlotte and, you know, the North Carolina, the Carolinas are great. One of the, you know, I have a couple out there, but they're, I mean, there's still strong markets, plenty of room. One of the the only market that I can tell you I'm kind of sold out in, man, is ours is Denver. I mean, I got seven locations out here and a content company. You know, I just, I mean, we have Colorado Springs is opening up in January. They just they just asked Kate because they signed. They're coming to training and they were like, "Can we wait till January just get through the holidays?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, it's fine." So Colorado Springs is going to be opening up. Uh, the only, I mean, honestly, the only part of Denver. I mean, Denver sold out. The only part that I have left, really, because we have one in Boulder where you're at too. The only part I have left is uh, Fort Collins. I mean, I, I mean, the Western Slope, I suppose, but it, it's I don't know that area very well, frankly. I, I, it's just not a big enough metropolitan area for me. But, but yeah, I mean, Denver's the only place we we're sold out. Besides that, man, I can I can fit anybody in almost any any market. That's exciting. Yeah. So since we're talking about market or territory size, how is it defined? I usually give about 300,000 people in any given market. It's based upon zip codes. So 
what we do, like I'll give you an example. Um, just yesterday, Colin from Sarasota, he gave me his terror. He gave me his, his zip code. I said, where do you live? Give me your zip code. And we just build it out from that zip code to get about 300,000. Good. Yeah. Def- definitely a healthy, healthy size market for sure. Well, I can tell you this. It's another thing I did the research on. I mean, some of our biggest competitors are giving 65,000 people in a market. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Give them, give them room to grow and, and make some money. Again, I'm looking for million dollar producers, not, you know, I don't want you making a hundred grand. I want you making a million. And so I, I give you the area to do so. I mean, a lot of my territories, comparative to some of my biggest competitors out there, are five times the size. So, you know, again, I, I want you to – I my best interest is when you start making – because, I mean, let's face it. I'm a franchisor. I make money when they make money. You, yeah. <laughs> so go make money. I don't want a bunch of owners. I'm not looking for 1,200 owners. I'm looking for about 300 owners to own 1,200 locations. Every, everyone's happy. And, and, and 300 owners is a lot easier to manage than 1,200 owners, right? Well, yeah. I mean, franchising, I love it, but it's babysitting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's babysitting. It's, I'd rather take 300, 300 people to deal with in 1,200 individual units wondering why they're, you know, they're only making 250, 300,000 a year. I, it's much easier to talk to guys like Kyle. You know, young Kyle is in his 30s, you know. You know, and Mike is another guy out there who owns multiple territories where, I mean, when you're talking about millions, it, it's it's a different conversation. When they're talking about buying season tickets to the Nuggets and Avs, and they're like, man, this is a dream come true. I'm like, congratulations, Andrew. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a... It's great to say. I love to see the young guys yeah. making money, man. And, and I just want to... That's, that's good to know. I have to hit up Kyle. <laughs> yeah, what? We, you know, he actually came to me. He's like, hey, man, do you want to buy season tickets? So I bought two, he bought two, and then Mike bought some Nuggets tickets. And yeah, I mean, it's so yeah, I mean, if you ever want to go to an ass game, let me know. Yeah, so so besides guys that want to make a million million dollar markets, what what else are you looking for in a candidate? Like who who has success in this? You know, somebody that can follow a plan, not somebody. I mean, here here's what you need in restoration. You don't need to be the best tech in the world. Anybody can suck up water, cut out drywall put up some machines, you know, that, that's the easy part. You can hire people to do that. That's easy. What you need is somebody, or what I need is for somebody that likes to be a part of their community. Somebody that likes to shake hands and kiss a few babies. Someone that likes to have, likes to go to mixers and parties and throw them. Um, you know, the guys here in Denver just, I mean, cause you know, we have seven locations. So five of them just got, just got together two nights ago, rented out this restaurant or at least part of the restaurant. Um, and held, you know, how to held a mixture of about 150 people, uh, and it was insurance agents and plumbers, and I mean, just just gathering the people, and that's what you need. You, I need somebody. I'm looking for people that want to get out in their community and actually help their community, and you know, they get paid pretty handsomely to do so, and they and they, you know, they go to sleep, they go to sleep with their belly full, their bank account, you know, their bank account uh, uh, busting through, and and you know, but they 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 kind of want to make friends. This is not for somebody that doesn't like people. Again, that's why I said I'm okay with people. <laughs> I'm okay with people in the sense of, you know, they can handle me for, for a small bit. You know, this 30-minute podcast, they can handle me. <laughs> but more than this, I'm a little bit much. But you have to – you've got to find the right person that wants to go out and really be a part of the community, make friends, and isn't scared to basically say hello and help somebody in their time of need because that's when people are calling you. They're not calling you just to say, hey, you have a great business. They're calling you because they're standing in an inch of water. So you got to be a little empathetic. 
You got to like them. You know, you got to want to help. Sure. And some people don't. The ones that don't, go buy Burger King. You can fatten the whole country up. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that kind of dovetails into my next question as far as how do you get work in this industry? So I, so some of it's insurance, but it sounds like some of it is is referrals from plumbers and, and others in your community, right? I, I guess, how, how's the breakdown? Like, Well, there, there's, there are many different ways to get work. I mean, work is, I, as we tell franchises, and the franchises always tell new candidates, work is never what we're worried about. You know, how are we going to get the work's always there. I mean, 73 water jobs for every 100,000 people every month claimed and paid by insurance companies. 73, it doesn't matter where you are in the market, in, in the nation. It's 73 for every 100,000 people every month. I always tell people, I don't care how many competition, I don't know how many competitors you have. You don't have 73. You know, I mean, with the average job being $11,039, I mean, come on, let's face it. How many jobs do you really need per month to actually do well? I mean, it, it's just math and it's simple math, you know. Where the jobs come from, there are a couple of different sources. Um, obviously, the insurance companies. Now, we don't we don't work with directly with insurance companies, meaning I don't um, we don't sign a contract with the insurance company. So that means we have to work for less money. We can build the insurance companies all day without being their quote unquote preferred or premier vendor. You know, the the big sales pitch on that is, well, you know, we're going to give you we're going to give you so much volume. Yeah, well, there's not enough volume to to make up the hours in the day and the jobs that you're going to lose to work for thirty five percent less. Let let the big boys do that. Serve Pro, Pure Clean. Uh, I mean, they love sending contracts with with insurance companies. Go go right ahead. We don't do that. We again will work with insurance companies, but not the not corporate itself at a discounted rate. We'll work with a local agent. So the independent agent, the agent will refer us because let's say something happens, you might call your agent and say, "Hey, John, I got a, uh, I got a water loss." Hey, and he says, "Great. Hey, you know what? I know a company best option restoration." Um, here's their number, or do you want me to have them call you right now? Um, or do you want me to patch them through? So the agents are huge. And that's why we do a lot of marketing with agents. Plumbers are another thing. You know, a plumber gets out there, you know, he's got to fix the pipe. He's not going to do anything about the water. I mean, just keep gushing. Um, you know, one of my rental properties in Scottsdale, just uh, just yesterday, I got a call from the from the tenant um, because they couldn't get a hold of the property management. I got a call from the tenant that the faucet was leaking. and you know, and 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 it was in the bathtub, and and they clogged it. It's two young college girls from ASU, and and God love, them. but I don't know what they're doing in my place. But they started, this water started running over, and I'm like, <laughs> well, here's what you do: call a plumber. So I had him call a plumber, and the, you know, the plumber was like, I'm trying to find the shutoff valve, man. Am I, you know, do you know where it's at? So I had to explain where it was. But by this point, it, it, it had flooded, you know, half the condo. And again, no big deal. We we got restoration companies out there now. Yeah, you know a guy. But yeah, I know. A guy. <laughs> I might make a royalty or two off it. <laughs> so, but, you know, but it, it's 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 those things that happen where the plumber's like, "I'll fix the pipe or I'll fix the leaky." You know, it was a cartridge in, in the in the wall. You know, out of the shower, but but they're not going to do anything for the water. So the plumbers are huge. You know, plumbers give us work all the time. There's also HVAC companies. There's home inspectors. A great source source for us is multifamily and HOAs, you know, getting on their vendor list. And it's not hard to do because they're always looking for new vendors. And they're not only looking for new vendors, they're looking for vendors that are good and fast, you know. And that's really what, what sells us and makes a difference is our speed. So, so again, and then there's internet leads. And, I mean, there's – and we handle all the SEO on our side. We handle your websites and all the SEOs. You don't have to. And the franchises are – Always amazed on how quickly we get them work from the SEO. 
from, from our SEO efforts. We have a very good, very good SEO in-house marketing team that does that. That's all they do all day is do nothing besides jack around with algorithms and keywords and I don't know what they're doing, but it works. Yeah, but the phone's ringing, right? The phone's ringing for the and the franchises are always surprised on how quickly they're getting work for that. And I'm like, we're pretty damn good at what we do. So again, there, there's a lot of so. Uh, what's a typical investment to become an owner? The reality is, there's a lot of marketing information out there, but the reality is, you're going to spend about 150 thousand um, to get started properly. It's 150. Um, it will say. 130 to 140 that that gets you everything you need but you need operating cash and you're going to need you know i don't want you to run this on a shoestring budget budget so i want you to have something um so i tell people when i'm talking to clients on the phone they're like well you know i you know greg tells me it's going to be a hundred and you know 130 i'm like that yeah that it's that's correct on paper you need 150 yeah to open your doors it's 130 right yes just to get you up and running, it's 130, but that's not to get you walking out the front door. You have to have some sort of operating capital. Because look, after training class, you're gonna do you're gonna do things like you're gonna go join the chamber and, and you're gonna go network and you're you might join a BNI group. You might uh, you know, to get on a vendor list with an HOA or a multifamily. I mean, all these things cost a, and it's not much. It's a hundred dollars here, $150 here, but you have to have something. Now we're not we handle the SEO, so we're we're not a big AdWords company needed this big AdWords campaign. Ah, that's a bunch of crap. We don't do that. I think it's a waste of money. But there are grass, what we call grassroots marketing that we know works that we need you to do because we can handle all the back end stuff. But what we can't do is shake hands and kiss a baby for you. You have to go in the community and do that to, to really get the growth and success that we and usually the franchise is looking for. There's an effort that takes place. And that's why I said before, they got to want to help people. But in order to get in those doors, it costs a few bucks. So I want to have at least 150. And honestly, you know, there's there's 600 and something brands in the France Serve portfolio that I represent, and there's there's not a whole lot that you can get into for for under that, right? That's kind of pretty close to the to the entry point. Um, so so people should realize that. So can you start this? Um, do you need a, a a workspace or a garage space, or is this something you can you could start from home? This is definitely a home-based business um, for, for a while until you get your second location. After you get your second location, which is usually in about 18 months, um, then you're going to need somewhere to meet with your staff, park the trucks, put extra equipment in. But in the beginning, no, man, we keep overhead very low. Um, we want you to get a, a transit van or a, you know, eco line or, or a sprinter, just, you know, a box truck. We want you to have, because most, most of your equipment, for jobs will fit inside one single van. It might be pretty packed, but it, it depending on the size of it, but it will fit. And we want you we want you to cut overhead substantially and keep those profits for yourself so you get paid back in less than a year and actually buy another location. I mean, our goal is multiple locations. So, but but it all starts from the home because everyone's going to no one's going to walk into your office and say, "Hey, my I have water in my house." No, they're all going to call you. And so it doesn't really matter where you're sitting. It matters that you can grab the phone and, and schedule on the online. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's nice to keep expenses down and, and um, you know, not, not to be signing a lease or something like that from day one, probably a, you know, a little reassuring for, for franchisees. Well, Nick, this is, this has been great. I've really enjoyed it. I'd be happy to get any listeners in touch with you, but uh, if, if a listener would like to learn more, is your website the best place to start? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think VORestoration.com is probably it. Um, you know, they can always send, they can always send something in and ask for a request for some information. But, you know, I, I would suggest that your listeners make sure that they put your name in the title. So I, so I know where it came from. <laughs> I want you to get credit. credit and we can have more steak dinners together. Right? <laughs> That's right. Excellent. That's right. Awesome. Well, Nick, thanks again for joining us. It was a lot of fun learning more about uh, best option restoration. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch you guys continue to grow. Fantastic, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at FranchiseHounds.com. Franchise Hounds.